Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Coaching, and I'm joined by Miss America 2018, Cara Mund. Today, we're discussing the life and journey of Corinne Devon. Cara, set the stage for us. Corinne is well known for winning several titles, including Ms. United States 2012, Ms. Galaxy 2014, Ms. Earth 2018, and now International Ms. 2020. You'll most likely find her crown trophy collection alongside a navy uniform and a tooth mold. Corinne achieved most of these titles working for the United States Navy and while going through her orthodontics residency program. Corinne has an affinity for educating the youth and using her strengths as a compassionate communicator to help improve the self-esteem of women, girls, and boys one smile at a time. Her passion for environmental health stems from her having lived and visited over 50 countries. Across each country she visited, it became clear to her that the one constant that unites us is the planet we share together. This inspires her to teach others how important it is to unite and learn about the cultures and societies we function in. I can't even name 50 countries. (laughs) I know. She is well-traveled. How many countries do you think you've been to, Cara? Oh, um, let's see. Maybe what eight I'd say eight I got to go over to to Europe for a bit um a few years ago and so that helped me cross off a few (laughs) I know I'm probably on the same and I feel like I'm well traveled but 50 is really impressive yes a great representative (laughs) definitely (laughs) so Corinne has taken her life experiences and imparts wisdom on others through her keynote speeches about empowerment women's leadership and stem she is actively planting the seed of determination in the youth and their peers so let's find out how the story came to be Corinne was raised in a military family. She was born in a military base in the Philippines and essentially moved every two to three years. While Corinne never got to fully unpack and grow her roots in one area, this allowed her to plant her seeds in many places she lived, including Japan, California, and Hawaii. Along with her love for learning about the cultures around her, Corinne played the violin from ages 4 to 10, and although this might have made for the future pageant talent, Corinne was unaware of the world of pageantry at this time, and on top of that, she stopped playing at 10 years old since her father was deployed to Iraq. Corinne enjoyed spending time with her mother and her brother, and she got to enjoy what would be considered a normal childhood by doing karate and playing softball. Although she could strut down any runway in heels now, Corinne wasn't exactly the most graceful kid. There were many slips, falls, and broken baseball gloves. Now, I know, how does one break a baseball glove? This is clearly a metaphor for the journey that laid ahead of her. For high school, Corinne was able to attend all four years at Galena High School in Reno, Nevada. Here, her interest shifted to playing tennis and being on the cheerleading team. 
After graduating, Corinne knew that she wanted to go into a field related to health. So she chose to attend St. Mary's College with the hopes of becoming a medical doctor. Although this was an admirable goal, she just didn't feel like this was it for her. So she switched her major to communications. The only real way to know what you want to go to school for and what you want your career to be is through experiencing it firsthand. And while Corinne enjoyed the communications program, she still felt a bit disconnected from what her dream job would or should be. When she was 20 years old, she went to a local school in Reno, Nevada, where there was a lunch program provided to the students. Corinne's father was a dentist, and Corinne enjoyed the trips to these schools to see his father do his work and be around the children. Corinne met a very eight-year-old girl and made a startling realization. This young girl had her adult teeth permanently rotted. And she's thinking like in a place like Reno, that's what she expected of the healthcare for people in the area where she lived. And this was the realization that as much as she loved working with her dad, she also loved the idea of working as a dentist to help give children the smile they need to live, laugh, and enjoy life. And this brings me to our first coaching moment today. And that's to build your platform from a hyperlocal scale and up. The details are important because if you're thinking, already past your own community of like, okay, how can I impact the country with my platform? You're probably missing those initial footholds to get it done. So I always like to, when I'm looking at a contestant as a judge and I'm thinking, okay, she has all these grand plans. And then I ask her, okay, what, what did you do in your community? And you'd be amazed, and I'm sure, Kara, you can speak to this too, of people that have totally bypassed, make a difference in the people that they see every single day where they really could make a huge difference, and they're already thinking two or three steps ahead. So think about three quantifiable goals in your own community. So whether it's you're going to host five uh, workshops for local Boys and Girls Club or local Girl Scout troops to do a presentation for, because that's the stepping stone for you to take it to the next level. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, and whether you're working towards being a dentist, a doctor, a veterinarian, a lawyer, or some other highly recognized level of education, one thing is for sure, the journey does not come easy to those who just sit back. Corinne had taken all of her prerequisites in communications, but did not quite have the grades to get her into dental school. In fact, she was told by multiple professors and peers that told her not to waste her time and her life because she just didn't fit the look or type of a dentist. What the heck is that? Oh, I know. Something I hear. I think a lot of us have heard some point in our life, and mm -hmm. she definitely rose above. Mm-hmm. Through constant studying, her B's became A's. After seven rejections from various dental schools and two waitlisted schools, Corinne got her opportunity. From 2003 to 2007, she attended the University of Nevada Las Vegas School of Dental Medicine. And deciding factor was through her thesis, Tell, Show, and Do, about how she planned to not only have her own practice, but about how she wanted to serve her community. This extra step is surely what sealed the deal and she was on her way to becoming a dentist. If you weren't aware, it's not exactly inexpensive to become a dentist. Even after having her parents help her with living expenses, Corinne found herself having to pay $80,000 after the first year. 
And it was at this time that she decided to join the military because she saw that working with the Army or the Navy, she would never see tuition bills and she would have to give up her time as service in return. This was not foreign to her since she grew up in a military family. She applied and got a full scholarship with the United States Navy and was officially on her way to becoming a dentist. Go, Corinne. You hear all the time that... Women's scholarships are so underutilized or unclaimed. And here's a woman that was like, you know what? I'm not going to let the financial strain get in the way of achieving my goal. And here's how I'm going to get around it. And although it's not necessarily a scholarship, it is still going to set her ahead in her educational means. Absolutely. And allow her to continue to give back to her country. Mm -hmm. And Corinne began competing in pageants when she was 24 years old. And at this time, she was in dental school and a classmate informed her about how the second runner-up at that year's Miss USA competition was a dental school student. Before she had the chance to respond, another classmate stated, you could never do that. I dare you. Ah, funny how at even the most advanced level education that no one is immune to the seriousness of a dare. Her first pageant in 2005 was quite the experience. It can be overwhelming to a pageant newbie. What do you wear in an interview? How do you walk and pose on stage? Corinne's natural charm and naiveness allowed her to place as the first runner up. And perhaps she kind of learned the bells and whistles along the way. Corinne then went on and won Miss Nevada at the United States system. At this time, she in the Navy dental school, the U.S. Army, and now pageantry. Corinne had a lot on her plate, but nothing she couldn't handle, and she placed in the top five at nationals for Miss United States. Afterwards, she pressed her luck in the international state system and won Miss Nevada U.S. International. After competing at internationals with almost 100 women, some of the well-experienced pageant girls from the South encouraged her to go to a smaller pageant to learn the ropes. This was not taken as offense, and she realized just like the way she had learned about dentistry from the beginning, she would have to do the same with pageantry. And this is kind of an ad hoc coaching moment, too. It's a lot of contestants, they watch Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Universe on TV, and they think, all right, well, I'm going to go do that. And there are so many other systems, um, and I don't want to use the term stepping stone because I don't think, I don't necessarily think that some of these pageants are stepping stones for those pageants. They stand on their own right, but it is a great experience for you to try different things, especially if you're a novice to pageantry. You don't need to just dive in to your goal pageant system. You can try others to get your feet wet. Um, And if you haven't explored our pageant planet directory, it's kind of a matchmaker. So you go to the way, you type in where you're from, your age, what pageants um, categories you want to compete in, and it will generate some results for you. So um, even on your most local level. So if you are newer to pageants and you find this this podcast, I would suggest go to pageantplanet.com backslash directory and see if you can't find some other ones to to introduce yourself to first. Absolutely. I also think there's, you know, there's a lot with competing and growing. And um, I always say like my my best lessons came from the times that I didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really challenging yourself in different systems and different scoring to really figure out what it is that that you would succeed at. Maybe it's interview, maybe it's gown and to help tailor your strengths with the system that you could be most successful in. Right. If you're seeing that your lowest score is consistently talent, for example, Maybe it's time to find another pageant that doesn't have talent if if we if you know it's holding you back unless there's a reason that you're dedicated to that pageant in particular but don't continue to pigeonhole yourself if it's not finding you the results you're looking for. 
Absolutely. Great ways to be successful in any system. Mm -hmm. So Corinne went to Myrtle Beach and won the Miss All-American National title. Her first win, which was somewhat short-lived as she was deployed to Iraq. Her year of service, but not the kind you would expect, with tanks and army gear all around. Though she didn't have a crown on her head, most of the time she still served proudly. As Corinne was completing her residency and competing in pageants, she found a way to tie these two things together. She was living in Texas, and in Texas, pageants and God go hand in hand. <laughs> While competing at Miss Texas United States in the Miss United America system, she recruited the pageant girls as part of her thesis. She wanted to evaluate facial attractiveness of facial silhouettes. We all know how close and special pageant girls can get, even to the point of being each other's bridesmaids. Well, Corinne's pageant sisters helped her graduate from an orthodontics residency program. That's pretty remarkable. Oh, I love to hear that. It's What's the quote? Um, girls compete with each other, women empower each other. Absolutely, absolutely. And those connections last so much further beyond the stage. For sure. So Corinne was living in Japan when she was invited to compete at the Ms. Galaxy 2014 pageant by director Maria Torres, and she ended up winning that pageant. And Corinne found a great deal of success in pageants because she made sure to connect systems that aligned with her beliefs and her goals, much like we just talked about. And this made it so much easier to trust and promote the organization for her. And after passing on her title as Ms. Galaxy, Corinne decided to take time off to give back to those who supported her over the years. As pageant girls, you know, we always say we're done until we're not done again. <laughs> Pageants found their way back into Corinne's life, shocker, when one of the <laughs> Army veteran captains recruited her for the Ms. Earth pageant. And on her first try, she placed as the runner-up. Not bad. And the second time, she took home the title. Corinne went to Italy because in Europe, they are very conscious about the environment, and she knew that her service and reign would have a long-lasting impact for the environment. Most recently, as we mentioned, Corinne is the current reigning Inter International Ms. 2020. For this pageant, she was recruited by the director, who's also her close friend who crowned her Ms. United States. Corinne won the title of International Ms. U.S. in New York, and the rest is history. And this is another coaching moment, too, because you hear Corinne experiencing with all of these different systems and having pretty immediate success most of the time. So I, I want to share this with our listeners. And to Corinne, the key to having uh, to being successful in pageantry is hiring a coach. If you look at Olympic athletes, they all have coaches. And this isn't because they aren't in amazing shape or that they lack skill. Rather, they need someone who isn't their mother or their friend in their face that teaches them how to be better, do better in their sport. So research coaches coaches and hire a coach who is not going to sugarcoat anything in the process to take you to greatness. Pageant queens aren't made in their comfort zones. Um, Cara, I'm sure you'd agree with that. And sometimes this means staying late to practice your walk on stage, rehearsing questions with friends, becoming more comfortable answering questions, even as waking up at 4 a.m. for a run. So shout out to Corinne's coaches, um, specifically Alexis Randrum in San Antonio, Texas, and many others, Darlene, Tammy, Jackie, who she has worked with all the way. Um, Cara, did you work with the coach? Um, not specifically, but I definitely had a lot of mentors along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it just helps you stay accountable. Uh, again, like we said, it's, it's not your parents. It's not someone very close to you. It's someone who is able to kind of push you and, and keep you driven. Um, but in a way that's, you know, this isn't just for pageants. This is for life. And I think that's something, too, is when you're approaching that pageant preparation, remembering that the skills that you're learning, they, they don't just 
stop on stage or, or that weekend, they last throughout your entire life. And so having someone that, that maybe hasn't met you before, has that outside perspective, um, can really be so helpful in your preparation. I think too, um, and you probably can speak to this, is I've seen a lot of, um, there are a lot of coaches out there, period. That's a statement. And it's mm-hmm. it's a fact. And some are the type of mentor you're talking about, Cara, where you're thinking about the future and who is this person and how am I building a better them for, for their lives. But there are also coaches that'll say, you know what, like you need to write a children's book for your platform. And they're like, well, I don't have any desire to, to do that. It's not organically me. It's like, but it'll help you win your pageant. You don't want a coach like that. That's going to put you in a formula that they know you can win. It should be a really customized experience where they're looking at your skills and your passions and they're finding ways to help tell your story in a way that you get really excited about, not just because you want to win, but because you want to better yourself and your community. Oh, I could not agree more. And I, I say all the time that I felt like my success as Miss America and competing came from being so authentic and genuine. It's, you know, not putting on an act to try to fill some type of expectation, but instead, you know, fostering that expectation yourself and kind of setting the bar for what it should be. How many years did you compete in the Miss America system, Cara? Oh my goodness. Um, So I competed as a teen and then it took me four times at state before I finally won my state title. But when I got to Miss America, I said that, you know, all those times I didn't win really felt like it was just training. Mm. And that final night, I wasn't nervous. You know, I kept keeping in mind, you know, yes, I'm doing my talent on national TV (laughs) in front of 6 million people, but I've done it, you know, four different times at state. And that was, that was just preparation to be here in this moment. So I don't want to put you on the spot because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about this, but <laughs> if you if you can think of what was the worst advice you got throughout your pageant prep and what was the best? If we're talking about mentors and coaches, what was the highest high and the lowest low? Ooh, um, I would have to say the lowest low was definitely the times when I felt like I was being put into some type of expectation of what needed to be done. Um, so I remember people, I remember one piece of advice I got was, um, don't tell people where I went to school because it can be intimidating and graduating from Brown was one of my proudest accomplishments. It was probably the hardest thing I had ever done up to that point. And, uh, it was very expensive. (laughs) And so being a graduate from Brown was something that I was just so proud of. And, you know, while I appreciated the advice, advice, I think, I think there's definitely a lot that comes from any advice you were given, it kind of just proved to me more that I do want to say this. And I think in my Miss America interview, it probably came up like three times that I went to Brown. Um, But it was just so authentic because it was, you know, this time when I I overcame a challenge that I never expected. Um, And then I think maybe the, the highest high was definitely the times when I realized that this was the way I would be successful. So while I got that feedback that I shouldn't say it, it was when I kind of stood my ground and I said, no, this is who I am. This is what I've worked towards. And to me, this is what I bring to the table as a title holder. Um, And so really recognizing that myself was something that I think just instilled that confidence of, you know, 
yes, this might be something that, you know, this certain person or, or these few people think I shouldn't say, but this is me. And when you recognize what it is that makes you you, I think it makes you even more of a, of a remarkable contestant and an even greater title holder. Yeah. If you find yourself a coach that tries to stifle a part of who you are, that's your first and should be your last alert to say, run and find a new coach or mentor. Because Kara, that is not an unusual story that you just told. And if you're talking about being marketable, you're, you want things that will set you apart from everyone else. And being an Ivy League student, probably one of those things, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I thought so at the time. And, and it's great that we're talking about this because I did think this was something that only I was going through. Um, and now on the other side of things and, and being done, it, it's exactly it. There's so many women that are told these types of things. And, and that's what to look for in, you know, a coach maybe that's not the best fit for you. <laughs> Yeah, when I was getting started in coaching, this 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 story probably dates back to like 2010. Um, and a contestant told me she's like, I have a um, a spine issue that requires me uh, forces me to walk kind of crooked, and I don't talk about it in the interview room because a judge told me it would make me seem vulnerable that I have a body. Um, not a disability in some sense, but it was like a body dysmorphia situation. I'm not using the right term, but you get what I'm saying. Like they had some kind of a, a challenge physically and you could see it on stage when they walked. So I was like, well, why, why are you hiding this in interview when they're probably just saying, oh, this girl can't walk. It's got a really silly, silly walk going on. But if you talk about it in the interview room and they understand who you are and what you've overcome and probably see the insecurities that you have about that, you become more human, more relevant, because not everybody's perfect. And I think that's what we try to get away from in new school pageantry is accept who you are, the good, bad, the ugly, the good being an Ivy League student, the bad being some kind of a, a setback that you've experienced that you're learning to adapt to. Most people experience both of those highs and lows, um, not those exams, but in different ways. And you want a coach that embraces all of those parts of you. Absolutely. There, there's that quote that the setbacks are setting you up for the comebacks. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's exactly it. And, and bringing that to the interview room, like you said, it does make you more human, it makes you relatable. Um, and it just shows to, to all the other young women that, you know, that woman made it that far. And so can I. 100%. So let's talk about recent years. Yeah, so throughout Corinne's recent years of taking a hiatus from pageantry, she was focused on getting board certified for orthodontics. She's proudly working towards being a leader in the military, and in the military, only 18% of armed force leaders are female. Of this, only 0.29% are at the level of being female commanders or lieutenants. So Corinne has made it her mission to lead from the front. To do this, she had to change the way she communicates since she's working with individuals from 20 years younger than her to 20 years older than her in numerous countries. So the biggest lesson that Corinne has learned is to let her roots blossom wherever she goes. Just like how in pageantry, a crown is a universal symbol of hard work and dedication, a smile is a universal symbol of happiness anywhere in the world. And this is a quote from Corinne herself. She says, as you get older, you find you get busier and have less free time. You need to know your why and your purpose. Win or lose, you should ask yourself if your goals are met along the journey throughout the competition. For me, it's been about entrepreneurship and passion projects. 
Oh, I love that. And Corinne is currently living in Sicily, Italy. She works at a hospital on a military base in Sicily with other people who treat her like family. After the outbreak of COVID, she saw firsthand the terror the country went through as they were at war with an enemy that they couldn't see. This meant she always had to travel with an ID to show that she was not just sitting and wearing an N95 mask while working. The country is now under better circumstances and Corinne can travel across Italy as she pleases, which is where she'll be staying for the near future with her reign and work. If you think you know everything about Corinne, well, let's just say this is just the tip of the iceberg. The main message to take away is to know your why when you compete and want that more than wanting to win the crown. Corinne did try her luck at the Miss USA system, but a five foot three inch non-supermodel just didn't quite fit the mold for what she wanted to represent. Corinne looked for a pageant career founded upon service, and this is where she found her success. In the next few years, Corinne wants to focus on developing herself as a public note speaker, and one of her goals is to have her own TED Talk. She loves getting involved in more podcasts because of the level of depth and relatability that comes out of the conversation. It reminds you that no matter where you are in the world, you feel a bit closer to that person. You can follow Corinne on social media at Dr. Corinne Devon. If you would like to be a featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile. We will let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. Thanks for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.